And I'm Karina. And this is the Becoming Babe AF podcast. A badass comedy and empowerment podcast from two Texas gals focusing on real life sass. Just giving you the tools to feel babe as fuck. It's high noon at the Babe AF Corral and we are talking about taking risks this week. Um, not only did we take a lot of time to rejuvenate ourselves, we also have realigned what is important and we are ready to tackle anything that comes our way. Have faith, be strong, and know that no matter what, everything is always working out for you. We hope you enjoy this week's episode and we're going to give you a little call to action. Um, go ahead and let us know on our social media platforms how you're taking risks and how it felt because we're here to discuss and help and help you be a better version of yourself. So tune in and we can't wait for you to hear. See you later. Hot in here. Okay, thank you. Okay, I'm ready. Ready. Let's do this. Ready, Freddy. <laughs> so um how I feel like we haven't done this in such a long time that, like, I'm like, what are we doing? How are we? Uh, what is happening? What is going on? And I feel like we used to get super prepared, and now it's not like I don't care, but it's like, I feel like I'm more productive when I don't have any notes. Like, it just go with the flow. Yeah, that's weird. Because I feel so unprepared because I don't normally have notes and now I'm like I don't have anything (laughs) I don't have any talking points oh oh man so we are going to chat a little bit today about taking risks and whether or not it's the cool thing to do not necessarily that but how how do we kind of navigate through that like for you is it just like, yes, this is something that I'm going to do right now? Is it a rash decision for you? Is it like a, I don't know, is it a planned out, written in your start today journal? Like you've thought about it, talked about it, mealed over it, overthink it? Well, that's, well, that's not a risk. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to take a risk, usually a risk, hold on, why we're talking, usually a risk, my opinion of a risk, is you do something on a whim or you do something that you don't normally do. I can't look it up because my def- my internet doesn't work while I'm on the phone. Well, let me see. Do I have a new phone that won't let me check the internet while I'm on the phone? What is the definition of a risk? Something you just freaking do. <laughs> like, are you scared when you have to take one? Like, yeah. how, do you have a thought process? Uh, I typed in the word risk and Hasbro Risk of the Game came up. And it's currently mm. anywhere from $16.99 at Target to $99 at Parker Brothers Vintage. I love that game. <laughs> I think risk. it's something you take a chance on. Sometimes you have good results or sometimes you have bad results. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Dude, the game Risk is a three-way to play, which I didn't realize. Faster gameplay, updated map, and playing pieces, which includes a game board, seven dice, a deck of 42 cards, which is interesting because a regular deck of cards is 52, five sets of colored units, five capitals, five cities, a part sheet, and instructions. 
It's been a departure for a long time. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Anyway, let's look up what the real word means. Risk definition. Oh, a situation involving exposure to danger. What? Not all risks are dangerous, so I don't feel like. No. Three definitions. (laughs) Possibility of loss or injury, semicolon, peril. Number two, someone or something that creates or suggests a hazard. Uh, 3A says the chance of loss or the perils to subject matter of an insurance contract. Also, the degree of probability of such loss. Or B, a person or thing that is specified hazard to an insurer. Well, that's a crap definition. <laughs> what is the risk to you? Um, I feel like a risk is something that you don't necessarily, as an over-planner, or under planner in the case of our podcast lately, so that we can really <laughs> know the results for. And I feel like a lot of people are scared to take a risk because they don't know the outcome. Like if you're super type A or have to be in control all the time, that if you don't know um, the outcome, then you're just going to stay a wallflower, which I don't feel like is healthy for any individual. Like, I feel like there has to be some type of jeopardizing situation in your life at one point or another that is going to push you or propel you into a different mindset. And I think if you, I don't know, I think when we become content with our life, like, I'm comfortable where I'm at, everything is working out, everything is great. You know, some things could be better, but I'm not willing to try. You're a wallflower. Can't talk. You're a wallflower and you're stuck because you don't want to mess up the content, what's the word, contentment of your life. You don't want to know what's going to happen. And I have been a wallflower for a very long time. Yeah. What do you think makes you stay complacent in a particular area of your life? Because I'm afraid to fail. Dude, that's huge. It's the way that, like, most people don't do anything. It's probably the main reason why people don't do anything in general. Like, it's, it's, like, when you, it's like when you have a crush on someone, right? And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I can't tell them because what if they don't like me back? Like, who gives a shit? Like, don't sit, like, I feel like people sit in their own misery a lot of the time, or like you said, complacency, because they don't want to expose themselves to that kind of vulnerability, which really is being a disservice or distrusting yourself as a strong individual in general. I totally agree. And I think that, I guess I didn't realize how complacent complacent I was. And how big of a wallflower and stuck to the damn wall I was until I realized I was sitting in a pile of my own misery. I was. Is it, is it like a muddy 
shallow pool or is there like some blue water in there? Like, can you see the blue water or are you? I just, think you're like, stuck in the mud. I think you're stuck in a muddy puddle of shit, and you can see the blue water, but you're so comfortable in your puddle of shit that you don't want to get up and go to the blue water to rinse off. Like, yeah, or like refresh yourself. You're making yourself miserable, but you're so content and sitting in your pile of shit that you don't want to take a risk if you fail. But what if you win? Yeah. I feel like anything that's worth having is a leap in a fearful or vulnerable position. Like, when I first started dating Chris, I was like, oh, I just met this guy from the internet. And, like, some of my girlfriends can attest to this, that when uh, we exchanged emails, he told me that he didn't like ketchup or green beans. And we've talked about this before. And I love green beans. And I literally smother everything in ketchup, even potato chips and eggs. So, like, I was like, this is not going to work. That is the most juvenile statement I've ever made because now I'm 10 years in and I'm like, what if I would have done if I – let ketchup and green beans guide my life. Yep. <laughs> I know that sounds really trivial and like a little bit naive, but honestly, like if because I know that like dating now is completely different and people are literally like being super vain in majority of the time where they are just swiping right or left or backwards or sideways. I don't even know what direction is the right way to go in this point. That, like, what if the person that they swiped the opposite direction on on accident could could then end up and be their person? Yep. You know? Exactly. Excuse me. Sorry, I had broccoli cheese soup for dinner. Lots of cheese. If you don't take the risk, you never know what's going to happen. And I keep saying that because people don't ever know. But we, and I'm that person, you're that person, we don't take a risk because we're afraid of what might happen. Yeah, and what's interesting is that when you actually, like, do the things that are scary and do the things that are progressive to make you a better human, like, you get to look back on the fact that, like, you were so scared to do it. Like, for instance, when we booked the venue for the thing we're doing, that we're announcing this weekend, we're finally going to freaking announce it. We're going to say it out loud. It's going to be a thing. It's going to be out there. But, like, I was so terrified. And I've played events for, like, 12 years. And saying yes to things are not a problem. But I think it's because we, together, you and I, have not done something like this yet. That I was like, what if Karina doesn't like any of these ideas? Like, what? And I know that I would never not do something and not run it past you or not get your approval on this because we're in the 50-50, but, like, even just signing the papers and sending them in was, like, holy shit. Like, what if if nobody shows up to this? And we're still Mm -hmm. so far out that, like, I know it's a possibility, but at the same time, I'm just praying that, all the things are going to align and everything is going to work out because it always does in one way or another, whether it's the way that we thought it would be, or if it's a blessing in the skies. And I feel like a lot of my life honestly has been that, like I am so fearful of a lot of things 
in my extroverted self that I don't always allow myself to appreciate it. So what are you appreciating lately that you thought initially was a risk, if you will? Well, there's several things some that I can't discuss of course. at the moment. Yes. But and I'm gonna go all the way back for a couple months. Doing this podcast is a risk. Was a risk. I yeah. <clears throat> I was almost I don't wanna say embarrassed was the right word because that's not the right word. But you take a risk and you put your voice out there, you put yourself out there. Your friends and family are listening to you. Strangers are listening to you. And I'm sure that half the people that listen to our garbage on here probably <laughs> just think we're annoying as shit. But, hey, and we're that, almost to 1,000 listens, so it can't be too bad. Yeah. Thank you for being a hater because you sure yes. saw added a play on our podcast. That's right, girl. But and boys. we added, I mean, we did a, we, we risked doing this knowing that we might get one play, two plays, 20 plays, whatever plays it was. I feel like a cat when I have my bracelets on. I'm just filming everywhere. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Do you say it's like a, a cat? A cat, you know, like with their collar on and their bells. Um, <laughs> anyway, we took a risk doing it, knowing that we could fail. Yeah. And People can look at us right now and say, oh, my God, they suck. They only have 30 plays a week. And you know what? We may suck to you, but that's a hell of a lot better than we thought we were going to do. Yeah, and, and, like, I will be honest. Like, I have been a little bit discouraged because, like, and it's all in the analytics, and you know that I'm not normally an analytical kind of girl, but I'm, like, looking at our numbers, like, like who views our social media, and I'm, like, oh, we have not been doing what we used to be doing. But I feel like we're in a different season of life right now, and that's not necessarily, like, the shiny, new, sparkly podcast. Like, we still have so much to talk about. We still have so much mm-hmm. to do. And, like, I, one of my OG favorite podcasts, and I still do it all the time, is my favorite murder. And they were talking this week about, or maybe even last week, and I was just catching up, um, that they've been on the air for four years. Like, they've been a podcast for four years. They started in 2016. Now they have a podcast network with at least eight podcasts streaming from their network. So, and even, like, some of the older episodes that they talked about where they were like, I cannot believe we've been doing this for six months. I can't believe we've been doing this for a year and a half. Like, I still feel like, I mean, we're such a baby in regards to, like, the podcasting world. And I feel like we'll always have that sense of new just because that's the kind of, like, revolutionary people that we are. Like, even if we're going to do a very good job of not being complacent in this arena because I feel like as much as our listeners need to hear it, we need to talk about it, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Controversial otherwise. Another risk that I feel like I've taken in the last couple months is finding my voice. And that I feel like is generic, but I feel like I'm finding my voice in many things in my relationship. And not that I didn't have a voice in my relationship, but, and I'm not going to say we're in a new relationship because we're Mm -hmm. not, we've been together on and off for a while, 
But right. it just is different. It's more consistent, I feel like. Like it's, it's right. I I don't necessarily want to say that it wasn't secure initially, but I feel like now that you no, I know you're through, like you just feel like it's okay. And I mentioned this before, like if in the first couple of years of marriage, if Chris and I got into an argument, I thought he was just going to leave. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but now I feel like you guys are in that spot where you know that moving in the forward direction is exactly where you guys are heading. So how do you mm-hmm. feel that you've come about that transition in a way? Like, what do you think has helped you? I just feel like I have found more confidence in who I am as a person, that I am me as a person beyond a girlfriend. I am me as a person beyond a mom. I am me as a person beyond my extracurricular activities. I am me. And I feel like when a person or a woman finds her power and her worth within herself without having to find validation from something or someone else, it's almost like a force to be reckoned with. And I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I am woman, hear me roar. Yes, but you better scream it. But (laughs) I am... I am a mom and I am proud of that. And I am not going to let anybody stand in the way of my children. I am a girlfriend. I am a partner and I am proud of that, but I'm not going to have my partner, you know, and it doesn't happen, but I'm not going to have my partner belittle me or say something to me. I'm going to stand up for myself. I am me and I'm going to be me in every aspect of my life. And that means, loving myself, finding who I am and being confident in who I am and doing things I feel like that may be risky sometimes. But I don't think you find that until you find your self-worth. And I see a lot of people recently that find their validation in being a partner or finding their validation in being a mother. So or, like not necessarily on their own, like correct. and then that mm-hmm. category, if you will, or Right. Yeah. And I don't feel like you're I'm a wife and a mother. First of all, you are a wonderful woman and you're a wife and you're a mother. Like I like feel you're, like you're, you're I'm I'm excited to see Karina first. Right. Because I feel and, like I'm I'm always selfish. And I don't like feel like that's a selfish thing anymore. Like I used yeah. to feel like it was so selfish that I had to take care of me. Like I need to make time for me. I need to stand up for myself. I need. I thought that was selfish, and it's not because I, when I started doing me first and taking a risk of putting, what does Karina think about this? What is not, what's going to happen to, you know, I don't know how to explain it. I'm just trying to explain it in a way I just coming out. Yeah. I I I used to think it was selfish for taking care of me. But I took a risk and I turned things around for myself to find my self worth within within me before finding my self worth as a mother or as a girlfriend or as a you know, in my job or whatever. I had to find that for me first, and then everything else started aligning. And yeah. I feel like that was a risk for me because I've never done that before. I never put myself. You never higher. gave yourself the opportunity to know that it was important. Right. 
Do you feel that to be the case? That's why I like you because you have my words when I stutter. <laughs> Maybe I one day I'll learn how to English talk. English literature degree. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I'm married to a writer. There is as much as there's ESPN in this house. There is equally some book nerd capability for sure. For sure. Hmm. What are some risks that you've taken? Oh God, bless. Um, I think this unknowings to myself like I feel like taking care of what I know needs to be important like an example uh, apparently we had a toll bill from Central Texas Mobility Authority that was not paid and it was like $200 like $230 or something so Mm -hmm. I go online to pay it today because I knew that Chris got paid and so we paid the important bills right away and so um I log in to pay it, like, in full, and I submitted the payment. It was good to go, went through, whatever, whatever. And then I opened the mail that Chris brought in, and it was from the collection agency because apparently I uh, I didn't pay enough in time. And they're like, oh, the collection agency with this toll bill would like to settle for $106. I'm like, the hell is happening to me right now? Like, really, is this real life? Like, so I feel like the risk in adulting majority of the time, I'm not saying let all of your freaking full bills go to collection because you all they go from like $2 in Texas to $40 the next time you don't pay them, which is outlandish. Like you're Oh, sorry to get But like, do the things that, and I almost went back and like canceled the previous payment just so I could pay less. And I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just let it be. So I like blessed and released it. And like, it was fine. I was like, those are the lessons that I learned today. Had I opened the mail first, I then would have seen, and I don't say it may not be a risk, but like I did the dumbass thing and didn't pay on time when it was a dollar fifty. Instead, I waited and then went to collection. So like, <laughs> I, I feel it's interesting in the way that, like, when you start to take hold of what your responsibilities are as uh, a taxpayer or a freaking, like, wife or person or friend or whatever, like, uh, we uh, were supposed to go to an event this weekend for South by and unfortunately got canceled because of coronavirus, but, like, there's still people that are booking flights and coming to Austin and doing like these alternative events. And I think it's really awesome that people are still willing to take the risk of, of not necessarily jeopardizing their health. Coronavirus is interesting, if you will. We won't get into that political aspect or, or whatever, like of how that, that can go. But we're still like one of my buddies is like, Yes, South by Southwest brings in a lot of money. Yes, a lot of people have, like, done things that are out of their ordinary realm of being a business owner. But but South by Southwest should be icing on your business cake. It should not be your entire business cake. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, like, you should plan your businesses and do your things daily as opposed to relying on what South by Southwest can do for you. I yeah. mean, if we have the opportunity to hang out this weekend, which I'm sure we're going to figure that out, because I'm going to be 
I'm a little by myself. I'm not going to know what to do with myself. I'm going to need some friends in my corner. <gasps> I might even have to come see a girl. But, like, I know that for us to be bigger and better and promote ourselves, like, we have to be outside of what we're comfortable with. Right. And I feel like us even putting out material by any means necessary is important because people are now relying on us to, to hear what we have to say, which I, I feel is really weird. Like, we've been talking to the Internet for, like, five years. <laughs> like, we've honestly been talking to the Internet before the live video was even a thing, right? You make Facebook posts. Like, I've been a member of Facebook since 2004. That's longer than a lot of people have been alive that are now on social media. So, like, I think it's interesting to challenge yourself in different ways. Like, I recently started TikToking. You had Which Facebook is- before Jax was born. <laughs> That's so weird. You had Facebook in 2004. I graduated high school in 2003. <laughs> You're so old. Did you know that I was graduating? Because, like, I was graduating college um, <laughs> when your kid was <laughs> you yeah, I graduated college in 2004, and that's because I took an extra semester so I could redshirt. I redshirted my my freshman year of college so I could play an extra year of golf after mm-hmm. I got my scholarship. So, like, yeah, I graduated college in May of 2004. When I got Facebook, you could only be a member of a university. It was only a college thing. Hmm. And I had a MySpace. I had a love dearly. I miss it. Damn it, Tom. And you're selling your MySpace for $3 million. Can you imagine what life would be like now if MySpace was still a thing? Like your top 10, your song of the day. Like, I miss AOL Instant Messenger. Like, oh, I totally miss it. Oh, man. I cannot believe that I had Facebook before your kid was alive. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when was Jackson born? 2007? Six. Okay. So the first time I visited Texas was December 2006. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't move here. Well, that's another risk I took. Oh, who would have thought that 2007 Jess would understand that all the things that got her here would not be a thing? Weird. Weird, weird, So what do you think are some important risks for people to take? I think um, risks in a relationship. And I say that in regards to, like, communication and having tough conversation because it's not easy. Like, for instance, if Chris and I would have continued going in the manner that we were going a year and a half ago, we would not still be the people that we are now. Sorry. Drinking a lot of water over here, okay? Um, Because I feel like 
in any risk you're going to take, I feel like you have to have a reasoning behind as to why, sorry, apparently I have hiccups, as to why it's important to you. It doesn't matter if it's important to someone else, and that may sound um, self-deprecating and selfish and, and not necessarily the route that most people want to take, but I feel like if, if in relationships, whether it be friendship or romantically, like if there's no communication as to why this is a thing, then then it then it's not going to go in a further direction. For instance, Chris gave notice at Gatehouse last week, so his last day with them on the payroll, not as a freelancer, is in two days. So our complete financial view is different in two days. Mm. So that's a risk that I knew was coming. I've known for a while that he, he can't could not physically do what he's doing forever, working three, four jobs, being awake from 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. Like, it's not good for his health, and I am really proud of him for doing that and, and excited to see what is going to come of it, no matter how scary that is, because I do all of the things. Like, mm-hmm. pay all of the bills and know when the shit gets paid. So it's just it's interesting now that we are in this place that he's been working toward for the last year and a year, roughly, mm-hmm. year and a half. So that is challenging in a way that I'm literally hoarding money like I don't have it because I... I'm afraid that something is going to, like, pop up and be weird that we can't take care of. Yeah. When that's not necessarily the case because it's not anything out of the ordinary that we haven't been able to move past or or move forward from. So it's just a new little point of growth that you never really can be ready for, no matter how beneficial you know it's going to be, if that makes sense. Yep, makes perfect sense. So uh, how do you feel like standing, not necessarily alone on your own two feet, but stronger in that way, how do you feel like you are setting an example for others? Like, do you feel like that's kind of rubbing off? Do you feel like people don't really – are people uh, surprised by the fact that you're now, like – I'm first, you're not necessarily second, but I'm going to make sure that this is in my best interest first. Like, is that kind of how you are looking at it in regards to speaking up for yourself? Or do you feel like people have been waiting for this shell to kind of break away for you? Say that one more time. (laughs) So how do you feel? And I know that other people's opinion of you is, is not not our business, right? So, like, how do you feel that you're being perceived by other people when you say things that are important to you? Like, hey, I'm going to go to bed at 9 o'clock and take a bath. I need you all to just leave my ass alone. Or I'm going to do things that are important to me first before I assess how I need to help you. Like, how yeah. do you feel that that has been received? 
Because um, I've always been a loud mouth, so that's never really an issue. Well, I used to care. I guess it kind of goes back to kids, parents, my family, my friends. I used to give a shit a lot about what other people thought. Yeah. And now, in the last few months, I don't care at all. I don't. And I think last month in our rejuvenation month, I feel like it helps me a lot. And I'm not saying I don't care what you think, but if I tell you I have to go to bed at nine o'clock, like we're going to have to figure something else out for a pod because I have to go to bed at nine o'clock. And if you were to tell me, Oh, let's try to stay up. And if I felt like I could, I would have, but if I couldn't, I wouldn't. And I was feeling bad about that for a while. And then I stopped because I know I need my sleep. Yeah. I'm not going to force myself to work or, you know, whether it be work, work or pod or I'm not going to force my kid, myself to do my kid's homework at 1130 at night because he forgot your ass is getting a zero. I'm sorry. I'm going to bed. You know, like it's not that I don't care. It's that I have to take care of myself. And you, not you, but everybody that's listening, you have got to take care of yourself. Yeah. You have got, you know, I learned how to manage things a little bit better as far as, you know, dinner, working. We have a family calendar. This is what we're doing for dinner. This is what time we're eating because this is what time we're getting home. So you learn to rearrange kind of your days and manage your time. But I can tell you if I am done doing my dishes, I have my shit in the dishwasher, and it is 9 o'clock, and I'm getting in the shower, and I am done. My ass is going to bed. Mm-hmm. And I can't stay awake. I'm not a late bird anyway. Like, I'm an early bird. I get up at 5, no later than 5 every day. But whether it be comments, actions, words, I stopped feeling bad about it. I'm proud of you. It's not easy to, like, understand that that is something that is needed. Like, uh, we were talking the other day about how, like, well, even just before we push, like, hey, we're going to start talking about it now. Like, daily savings time has never really affected me except for this week. Like, literally Sunday night and last night I was up until 1.30 and I did not get myself out of bed until 11 a.m both days and I'm like holy crap like I know in real time it's really only 10 and 12 30 but it felt different like it felt like a different time at night which I'm not used to and so I'm surprised I'm not yawning right now because I took a melatonin before we started this thing but like I needed February as emotionally draining and roller coaster and back and forth as it was as happy and as sad as I've been in that time, like now I'm thankful that we do a very good job of being considerate of one another. Like we know that us getting together, like fuels a part of our existence as friends that it's like, okay, well, uh, this is what we have to do. Like even if we go have a beer or get lunch and then don't podcast, just like 
understanding that we've been a part of each other's lives for so long that, like, it's an important. It's just like when you go to dinner with family or a friend, like, how rejuvenated you feel, even if it's a cup of freaking coffee. Like, Mm -hmm. I've been trying to do a better job of being more considerate of other people's times and not necessarily always running on my schedule because I know that the reasons why these things are coming to fruition in the manner in which they are is because they're supposed to be. So, like, I can't get so worked up about all kinds of shit, trust me. Like, you've heard it over the phone over the last couple of weeks, but, like, I have to know that the plan that's in place, whether we're manifesting that plan or it's just the way that it's supposed to be, is I have to be confident in that, that, that everything is going to work out and that everything is going to be okay, even if I can't see that right away. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> so I was looking at Pinterest right now. Because, you know, the struggle's real. So there's this girl, her name is Carly Francis, and she has, like, four different quotes on um, taking risks. And so I'm just going to read a couple, like, two of them. Well, first one says, make silent moves, take risks, seek no validation, and do shit that lights your soul on fire. And y'all know that we are very good about going into the darkness and then being the light for other people and the light for ourselves. So how powerful is that, that we're not the only ones that get to think like that? Right. I know we're not, but I feel like it's one of the main beacons of light for us in general. It's just like we know what the darkness feels like and we refuse to fucking stay there. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So if you could leave everybody listening with one solid call to action (laughs) here's a call to action (laughs) I was trying to figure out how to do it nonchalantly without just doing it (laughs) just leave it to Karina when you want the pod to end because she's just going to tell you to shut the F up and finish up no um but if you could give one advice to people to take a risk or how to take a risk or to convince people or motivate people to take a risk, what would you say? Yeah. Um, this is so dumb, but there's a sticker on my wall that I'm looking at right now, and it says, your gut knows what's up. Trust that bitch. It's from Metal Marbles. They're like an inspirational storyline and so I feel like if it's something that you're constantly thinking about like for me when I was changing from being an educator to a wedding planner it's like a weird caveat I wanted to figure out what I could not do every day like I watched wedding shows obsessively I made lists obsessively like if you feel like it's something you can't it's like that stupid quote from when you were a kid that was like if you can't go a day without thinking about someone like, make sure they stay in your life or pursue that relationship or whatever right. it might be. Like, I feel like your gut knows one way or another whether you're going to work every day and it's physically making you sick because you hate it or the environment that you're in, or you are in a position where you're like, I cannot stop thinking about the value of this relationship or this thing that I need to do to better myself. 
like, just start doing it. Like, we would never be on episode 18 right now if we didn't just keep going. And the ebb and flow of our business, of this podcast, of what we're doing outside of it and how we're changing the way people are viewing things would not have ever been a thing if we together collectively were not like, oh, we're going to fucking do this and then just push play. Like, that's all we do is push play. And a lot of the times we're back and forth and sideways and a lot of people can't follow and you just have to learn us to love us, like, mostly Mm -hmm. me. But, like, I feel like if there's one point of advice I can give is just that start doing it and then see what happens. And if it fails, great. That's a lesson. But if it flourishes and allows you to fly as the best version of yourself, then you're fucking welcome. I love that you said, if you can't stop thinking about it, pursue it or whatever the quote was, because I still am a wholehearted believer of that. If something's on your mind, don't let it pass by because it's on your mind for a reason that you can't let go of it. Like one of my other ones is, um, whatever it is, do what sets your soul on fire. Like, if your fire is fucking burned out, you need to find your match and you need to relight it. You need to figure out what sets your soul on fire and make it happen. That's awesome. That's what I think. We should put our podcast on Matchbooks. Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah, good idea. Good thing that's recording so that we can think about it and do it later. On candles. Yes, queen. Light this bitch. Okay, Hmm. closing remarks because I know it's past your bedtime. Well, you took a melatonin. (laughs) It is is way past my bedtime. But only a five milligram and not a ten. I was afraid of a ten, which I don't know why. It would just tell me to sleep faster. You're just going to sleep harder. Yeah. Closing remarks. Mm, let's see. Bring us home, home, girl. Bring us home. Love yourself enough to take a risk. Yeah. Ooh, I should be a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> should put that shit on a fucking teacher. If anyone steals our ideas. We're coming after you. We're coming after you. <laughs> we'll just want to collab and, like, make a cute caricature for the background or the logo or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> All right. Well, I'm happy that we waited so long to do this, you know, because it's 10:15. But it's cool. You like to yawn. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, well, our call to action for you people of the internet and the podcast world is to understand that no matter what it is that you want to do, whether you feel like it's a risk or reward, both of those things are synonymous, by the way, that you start preaching it and telling it to people because the more passionate you are about it, the more you're essentially going to follow through. So make sure that when we put this up, that you tell us what risks you've taken so we can celebrate you. Yes, 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 please. God bless America. God bless America. Yes. All right, you guys. We'll see you next week. We love the shit out of you. Love you.
Bye-bye. Bye. We're going to bed. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for checking us out. Find us on all social media platforms at Becoming Babe AF. And remember, when in doubt, dance, dance it out. out. See y'all back next Wednesday. Peace out.